What is up, everybody? Joe Sib here with you and my co-host. Anaya Bogue. We are here, Rad Parenting, ready to take over your lives. <laughs> Only for like 30 minutes, though. Okay. You have enough going on in your life. Let me guess. Like I always say, I think a listener is maybe doing... Uh, some driving right now? Well, if they're in LA, they're definitely driving, or there's a 90% chance that they're driving, because yeah. that's what we do. I, I I don't know about you. My podcast, uh, you guys know I'm huge Mark Marin WTF uh, fan, so I always listen to my podcast when I run. Nice. So yeah, I, I do. I you listen to most of my podcasts while, I, while I'm on when my you walk. work out? No, yeah. while I'm on my walk. Oh, really? Because when I work out, I'm usually spinning. Like, I mean, my walk is my is my alternate workout, but when I'm spinning, there's already too much going on. Do you mean spinning on. physically or spinning? I mean, the... on a spin bike. Okay. Yes. I thought you meant you're just so out of control. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, I'm spinning in my living room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my gosh. Well, that's the thing that I love about doing doing the show is that I wanted it to be when you and I started talking about it was something that that it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, spend the next two days of my life to right. just figure out what I have to carve out three hours. Exactly. To, yeah. Exactly. Uh hey, I want to thank everyone for all of the emails. I'll hit on it really, really quick right now uh if you can go to itunes if you've been enjoying the show this is our 68th episode who would have thought amazing coming up on a hundred don't know what that'll be but we have to do something special for the hundredth episode yeah maybe we do a live version of the show Ooh, that'd be fun yeah i can see um on the platform that carries our podcast where a lot of our listeners are mm -hmm. and hey if you're listening to the show take a second right now and just text the word parenting to 31, 31, 31, and let us know where you are. Because if there's enough of you, and if you like this idea, and you're maybe you could set it up, whoever this person is Ooh. I'm talking to <laughs> in the world of podcasting, this listener, hey, we would love to come to a city and do a live show. And 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 Anaya is and and I could do it uh, the, the podcast together, and then maybe I do some stand-up, which is pretty much the podcast. <laughs> and then and then you could shed some real knowledge. On the, on the like people fun. out there. Uh, hey, last week, I, I wrote down a note that you told me before we split. Mm -hmm. and, and it just says, boys will be boys. Mm -hmm. And we were talking in our episode last week. Uh, we, it was from a, a listener that had written a letter about his wife and him not really being on the same page with the United Front. Mm -hmm. it, was with, it was with basically if the ki you know, raising our kids you know, with so much Giving them too much. Giving them too much can maybe I, I you you know I'll use the word spoiled. Mm -hmm. and it was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and but one of the things that we kicked off the beginning of the show was at the beginning of a couple weeks ago at my house, mm -hmm. some friends were coming over to hang with my son, and we had a conversation as a family. I call it round table. Hey guys, round Love table it. It means everyone has to come in, and we were talking about uh, a, a crew of kids that were coming over. And one of the things that we were talking about with my wife was with language. And my son said, Dad. You know, you know how dudes talk, you know, and I had a conversation with him was like, yeah, I know how dudes talk because I am a dude. But the the term, oh, that's just how boys talk. Mm -hmm. boys, uh, will boys. boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. That gets thrown around a lot. And as we all know, it got, you know, locker room talk, mm -hmm. those terms. And and I'm just throwing it out there, that, that type of terms men talk like that women talk like that i'm gonna throw it out how about morons will be morons you know just talking like a, a jerk is talking like a jerk that's kind of the way i i feel about it in the sense of just you know what i'm not gonna i feel like when when you and and this is something that's 
going into our episode right now because you were like, exactly. I feel like, and I thought of this, that when you hear a group of boys doing or saying or having those actions, and we'll go into that right now in the episode, and you use the term, boys will be boys. Mm -hmm. Aren't we really limiting boys? We we are. Narrowing them down to... Boys will be morons. Yes, and and we're making we're making that behavior, whether it's talking or doing, we're we're making it permissive. We are, I think, insulting boys and saying that's all you're capable of. So we're just going to let that go. And um and I, I think we've mentioned this before in the show, but increasingly I am doing a lot of speaking engagements on sexual assault prevention um, because it's an issue that is uh it's just it's been around for a long long time, but it's really coming to the surface in terms of people saying enough is enough. The damage that it's doing is can be lifelong, particularly for the victim, but sometimes also for the perpetrator and wrapped up in that. So this is why I'm super, I mean, I've always been sensitive about the whole boys will be boys approach, but I'm super sensitive now because we're seeing a lot of connection between the way that we're socializing boys and girls, you know, boys will be boys and, and here's how girls are expected to behave, leading to the way that they interact in, in sexual contexts and in in fact, uh, leading to incidents of sexual assault that could otherwise be prevented. One of the shows that we did right around the time period that uh, you went up and did the speaking engagements, I want to say in Northern California for mm-hmm. three days up mm-hmm. there, right? Yep, it was three yep. days. Three solid days. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was back in February, I want to say. Of talking about consent. And then yep. you came back and we did a show on teaching the word consent from day one. That was yep. a huge, that was a really popular show uh, that we did on Rad Parenting, which uh, that topic, teaching consent from day one, mm-hmm. this is so important. I want to, I want to, I want to, I'm going to throw this at you right now. Sure. Okay. Cause, Bring it. Because, okay. There's, there's people listening mm-hmm. to the show. We Maybe hope. not a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> you hope. Yeah. We <laughs> no, hope they're people, listening. I'm telling you right now, there's people listening to the show right now like, oh, come on. Mm. Come on, man. Really? Oh boy. You know what? Then you've never, you've never been around the skate park. You've never been in a locker room, Anaic. I mean, you know what? That's part of being a man. You say what you know. You say you talk that way. Come on, hey, you know, just because they someone talks that way doesn't mean they're going to act out on it. Oh, you know what? Get off your high horse. Um, okay, so that's that's exactly that what. Yes, and that's did you exactly. Like my I t- <laughs> not sure who that is. <laughs> I don't know who it was either. Yes, no, that's good. Um, yeah, because I, I and I think that's exactly why we are literally in a world of hurt. Um, the I was at just last week um, uh, speaking on this topic, and I'm telling you that I had an emotional hangover the day after this last set of three speaking engagements because. The young women, and I could, I almost get emotional. The young women that came up to me after, because the the presentation can often be really triggering for anyone in the audience who has been a victim of sexual assault. Um, they're so intense. The, the 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 damage that it does, and and it can take. It doesn't have to be. I mean, if sexual assault is sort of like the extreme, like awful, we hope that never happens, but it still has an impact and it informs the behavior of boys to say it is permissive to speak about girls and women as objects, to think that you can talk anyway or do anything and there's not any, um, there's no repercussions. You don't have a responsibility to be a decent human being. And we see this a little bit 
with girls too in terms of the whole like, oh, you know, girls, all girls are catty. Like, you know what? Girls will be what we guide them to be. Boys will be what we guide them to be. And this is part of conscious parenting is not to limit our children and put them either in the boy box or the girl box and say, oh, well, you know, boys, we're going to teach them not to take no for an answer. We're going to teach them to be aggressive and athletic and, you know, um, assertive and problem solvers and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to teach girls that they're supposed to be, you know, they're the, the more, um, delicate of the, of the two. They are, um, the ones that need to be, have their problems solved. They are caretakers. They, um, nurture and say, yes, <laughs> you know, these kinds of things will have repercussions in various aspects of their lives. All of the ways that you just described men and women, mm -hmm. young boys, young girls, mm -hmm. all of those ways you described them right in my mind right now, just clips of movies and the way that being romantic with a man and a woman or, mm -hmm. or that early stage, I, I just thought of like Moonstruck, like when Nicolas Cage just grabs, uh, um, God, I'm spacing on her name right now. She's married, uh, to share. Yep. Moonstruck. Share. Yep. Nicholas Cage. Mm -hmm. I know right now people are like, why is he talking about Moonstruck? I love watching that movie on Sunday nights while I cook food. It's like I just like that the characters in it. Every Sunday? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, see yeah, sorry. Oh, no, don't be sorry. And it's just I it's like fascinating because I, I make dinner for everybody. So I like yeah. I put on uh, Moonstruck in the background. I love all the music in it. I love the characters. Aww, it's this Italian that's family. So sweet, I Joe. love the way that it ends and I just like having it on. I'm weird that way. Like on Thanksgiving, I like to watch Broadway Danny Rose. I just like having that in the background because I like those people yes. with me. Got it. So anyway, with all of that said though, recently I was watching it when Nick Nicolas Cage grabs her and he just takes her into the room. Yep. And he, or he knocks over the table and then he just grabs Cher and he kisses her. And, you know, like in real life, that never happens. And, and it would be assault. Exactly. <laughs> so, so how do we teach our boys and how do we teach women a healthy sexual appetite without A, giving um, – because you know, I just I I, I don't want to say giving any um, making anybody a man or a woman feeling weird about their feelings. And how do you teach healthy sexual interaction and interaction? Yes. Because I feel like we're, everyone's getting it from the internet and everyone's yes. getting it from these movies. How can we teach at a young age? You know, I got my sexual education from. Penthouse. Yes. And, and, and now it's and now it's internet porn for that's the by the way, if you haven't heard me say this before, number one form of sexual education for boys in yeah. this country I've is heard, porn. Yeah. You've said that internet porn. Yeah. yeah on yeah. Which so so, so can't there's be good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not good. It's not because it gives them so my question. So first of all, um, you know, we Having it's interesting because you you know you the sexual piece is definitely huge. Being a sexual being is part of being fully human. Um, but I was actually thought you were going to start with just even the romantic. Like our when we see movies like this, and let me tell you that it starts long before a quote unquote adult movie like Moonstruck, where and I've said this before in many many uh, like Disney movies and fairy tales, we see this classic like boy box or man box and woman box in the form of you know the the princess is always. The the damsel in distress, completely incapable of solving her own problem, and therefore has to wait for her Prince Charming to show up, thereafter, and only thereafter, can her happily ever after begin. It puts a tremendous amount of pressure on the on boys when they say, oh, 
the the weight of the world of solving this problem is all on me. They're always on a horse. I can't ride a horse. I can't ride a horse. It's amazing that you ended up with such an extraordinary wife, Joe, <laughs> given that you can't ride a horse. I can't. Um, and and so it so it limits basically the potential of both girls and boys. And yes, I'm speaking in narrow gender terms here right now, but just for the purpose of simplicity, it tells boys that they are the ones that need to be the problem solvers, which is an enormous weight on their shoulders. And it tells girls that they're incapable of being problem solvers, being the agents of their own you know movement through the world. And what we really want to create is whole human beings, so a human box, if you will, where all of those qualities that we have in the man box and all of those qualities we have in the in the woman box are actually blended so that boys believe, oh, well, I, I can totally be brave and it feels good, but I can also be vulnerable. And girls say, well, it's okay for me to be vulnerable and it's also okay for me to be super smart and be assertive and be a go-getter and a problem solver. That's ultimately what we want and it sets the stage for the two to be Part work in partnership, whether it's in a in a non romantic context in their day to day, or in a romantic context. And to your point about Moonstruck, that if we just speak on a romantic level, what it sets our kids up to believe, especially I mean, really, girls and boys, is that for example, being aggressive and somebody grabbing us and pulling us into a bedroom, for example, is romantic, is a sign of oh, I really like you, as opposed to dude, you need to get your hands off me, unless. I've given you permission to touch me. And um, that is really, really important, not only in terms of their healthy individual development, but also in terms of their personal safety. All right, jumping right back into it, going up to uh, Northern California and talking about teaching consent from the beginning. From the beginning. Just let's dive into that. Okay. What, what, What types of lesson, what type of advice, wh- how, where are you starting when you're having these conversations with a room full? And, and when you're having these conversations, is it a room full of boys and girls? Is it a room full of parents? What is it? So I speak separately to, so when I'm speaking to uh, teenagers, it's boys and girls in the same room, which is very, very important because it's not just a girl message. It's not just a boy message, although it's primarily females that become the victims of sexual assault and and males are the perpetrators. That is not always the case. And it's really important that everybody understand that they have a, a, a part to play and they need to understand, A, that they always have bodily autonomy, which means they have the agency. They, they always get to say who touches them and who doesn't. And um, also that... The that they need to respect somebody's assertion of that bodily autonomy. No, you can't touch me right now. I don't want to be touched. You need my explicit permission to do so. Um, and then I speak to parents separately. Um, and that's a whole other thing. Very similar presentation, but I'm speaking to parents and like, here's how what we need to model for our children. So this boys will be boys business is is go- is doing your your son a disservice. And we need to teach girls that they are not damsels in distress, but not only are they capable, they have the inherent right to set a boundary and say, I will only be touched if I choose to be, and I give you an affirmative or enthusiastic yes. And um, furthermore, I don't have to worry as a girl that if I say no, that 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 makes me not nice, right? Because we teach girls that they're supposed to be pleasers and they're supposed to make sure everybody's okay. You've talked about that on the show a lot. And, and boys don't need to feel like they can't take no for an answer because somehow that would make them less of a man. Yeah. What's the, what's the, just the... I, I, you're in touch right there with these young people right there that are on the, the you mm-hmm. know, beginning their whole journey. 
of sex and consent and healthy and, human and interaction. Healthy, yeah, exactly. What are the, what are the, what are they saying to you happens? Like, um, I mean, do, do the you know? I, I guess I'm trying getting in the head of these teenagers that are that are out there dating and different situations. Like, what's the and they ultimately like, what, become adults. I, I guess the question I ask is this: Okay, uh, when a girl says no, did did a lot of the girls say yeah? And if I say no, then this is what's said about me. And then did the boys have their thing? Yeah. Well, if she says no, then my friends say this about me. Can you touch on that? Yeah, a bit? for sure. So so what we hear from boys, the, the biggest fear for boys is that if they are not assertive enough. So if they're not everything from talking the talk, right, with their other with their other guy friends. The quote unquote how we started this episode. That, exactly. That's so, how dudes talk. Boys exactly. will be boys. So part of what that's coming from is their innate like when we are moving through adolescence, our desire to figure out who we are in the world and most importantly, how what version of ourselves we need to be to feel accepted, right? We've all been there. Oh my God, I just want to know that I have friends and I'm a, I'm liked and blah, blah, blah. Whatever I need to be, that's just what I want yeah, to be, I was right? there this morning. I was thinking that this morning <laughs> while I was having coffee. Oh my gosh, I Joe. just want to be liked. So um, <laughs> I like you, Joe. So, um, so th- this fear, so part of the reason that boys are engaging in that behavior is... You know, that they feel they look around and we know there are plenty of like high ranking men who have are 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 modeling this behavior and that sends a really powerful message to boys like, oh, well, if you want to be, you know, a successful man, if you want to fit into this man box, which means acceptable to society as a, you know, as a, as a male, then here's how I need to talk. Do I believe that your son who I've met multiple times and is a beautiful, talented soul actually wants to talk about girls and women in a way that is objectifying? Absolutely not. However, I do understand and appreciate the pull to like, well, I don't want my friends to think that I'm a wimp or I don't want them to think I don't like girls because of course we still place so much um, value on being heterosexual. You're having an adolescence hit maturity where you understand, well, if they think that about me, I could care less. You haven't hit that yet. No. Later on in life, you do. Hopefully. In front of your brain. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. I know adults who are still desperate. I mean, look what you just said, Joe. No, I know adults who are desperately just still trying to like be acceptable to the group and fit social norms instead of going, huh, maybe that's messed up. Maybe this thing we've been doing for a few generations now is actually like limiting my potential to be a full human being, possibly being harmful to other people. Maybe I need to change this up, right? And, And so boys engaging in either the talk or the walk, if you will, I believe has so much to do with us reinforcing this man box and and telling boys directly and indirectly, here's how you need to behave in order to be acceptable. So, and then with girls, um, it's exactly the same thing, just a different version. Like be a pleaser, be nice, don't say no, don't be too smart because you don't want to show up a, a, a boy in your class who is, might lash out at you if he thinks you're making him look stupid. Do you feel though that right now in 2017 that finally there is progress in what you're talking about? Because I feel this conversation you and I are having, I hear my daughter's friends talking about it. I hear, uh, you know, obviously you and I are talking about it. The community of parents I'm a part of, this is a priority of ending once again another circle. Do you do you see it out there when you're out speaking that 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 it's getting better? Is it is it finally being discussed? I What's think the thought? fact that we are discussing it when things start to come to the surface. So so basically when we haven't we, this could apply to many many things we've seen in the evolution of of humanity and society is that these things kind of sit under the surface 
this is particularly a challenging one because anything to do with sex in this part of the world, we are still relatively uptight about. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's uptight about talking about it. And so it's allowed to kind of grow and mutate into this really dangerous thing. So I think it's incredibly hopeful. Like every time, I mean, I'm doing so much speaking right now on this topic. And as much as it kicks my butt, to be honest, because it's just such an emotional drain, I feel like it's one of the most important things I'm doing. And I'm I'm hopeful because I'm like, oh my gosh, like if this administrator wants me to come in and speak to their kids, that means he or she is aware that this is a problem and it's damaging and wants to do right by these kids. Yeah. For parents that are listening to the show right now that aren't going to be able to come and, and listen to you speak, mm-hmm. uh, speak to them right now. Uh, 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 the, the parent that has a young couple young boys or a parent yeah. that has a young girl, what would be some of the some of the things that you would introduce into conversations? Obviously, we always say at the right age. Right. Uh, and, and maybe even what age would you start having these conversations about well, right from the beginning about respecting, uh, respecting each other's, um, would it be th- when you say like whether or not someone can touch someone, yep. just respect, respecting another person's right to say no and respecting. The, it's respecting boundaries. Yeah. It's respecting. Boundaries. It's, it's, it's really the, the way that the, the language that we use when we're talking about little kids is something called bodily autonomy. And there's a fabulous video that you could go to online. And I think it's just called like teaching bodily autonomy to children. And it's this cool little video you could actually show your kids. And it's basically breaking it down in a little kid way. Like this is my body and nobody gets to touch it unless I give them permission. And of course, this is a huge part of making sure that when your child is away from you and most of us are working parents parents and our kids either in daycare or at school or whatever, that they know that they have the right to say, you can't touch me, whether you're another child or you are an adult, that I'm supposed to listen to, right? This is how we avoid kids becoming sexually molested or assaulted. Um, the other thing is, is that it makes, sh- the, the way that we can further reinforce that and not contradict it is when, for example, relatives are coming over and we're like, go and hug aunt so-and-so or go and hug nama and nampa. I'm saying nama and nampa because it's my girls, but go hug grandma or grandpa. Um, the, and, and forcing them to do that because we're terrified that our parents or our aunts are going to be like, what kind of parent are you that your kid's not coming up and hugging me? Let me tell you, it is worth taking the hit of your parent or your aunt or uncle looking at you sideways and knowing that you are reinforcing this idea that your child has bodily autonomy and that as he or she goes into adolescence, it won't be some big new teaching that they have to take on. It will already be so ingrained in them that they have the inherent right to decide who says who touches them or not. Yeah, uh, we did an episode where I remember when you brought that up and that was such a game changer for me because I remember growing up, it was always hug this person, hug that person, let that person hug you. And now with my own kids, we've really taught them, hey, you know, grandpa's here, grandma's here. And and if you want to say, you know, obviously you're going to say hi Mm because I'm a big fan. Like, hey, say hi to your grandma. You you can do that. Make eye contact. What's up? Sure. But the physical interaction can only happen if you feel that you want to do that. that, But that was something that I learned from from doing the show with you. That's such a – because it's such an old school thing. 
Hug, well, Aunt, hug Aunt Jeannie. Hug right. Uncle Bob. And it's as simple as, you know, my my daughter who, so both my girls have always been really big on like please and thank yous, just to take it to a very basic example. And they now, not only are they really good at their own pleases and thank yous, but they notice when somebody who's interacting with them is not using pleases and thank yous. And so it really works on the same premise. If your child now fast forward, so we, we're t- we've already talked about like child molestation, heaven forbid, but as they move into their teen years, when they become walking hormones and they are going to become sexual beings, it is already a natural part of the way they they interact with the world and the way they expect to be interacted with. So instead of having your daughter at 15 be at a party and be like, oh my God, I I'm going to make him feel bad if I don't say no, but I'm really uncomfortable with this. And she ends up get having, you know, being damaged in 20, 30 years of therapy. Because let me tell you, that's how real it is. You have now empowered her with just this basic, like, just in the same way you're like, well, of course I'm going to say please. And I expect you to say thank you or whatever, that she is instead going to be like, oh, you know what? No, that's not going to work for me right now. And not have this crisis of like, oh my God, I'm not going to be likable. This boy's not going to like me if I don't. Because in their teen years, the boy is also looking for some guidance on ter- in terms of what boundaries are. And boys shouldn't be put in a position where they're trying to figure out like, does she really mean no? Or is she worried that if she doesn't say no at least three times that somebody's going to call her a slut or I'm going to think she's a slut? Like it just, it goes back to all of these, these bits. And there's so much we can do as parents to help prepare our kids so that they are better armed to take Take care of themselves. You touched uh, on the on young boys mm-hmm. learning and learning how to deal uh, in the world of whether it's dating or mm-hmm. you know all everything you just mentioned right there. What were some What were some of the comments that you get from from teenage boys uh, during these these speaking engagements that you have? Well, they're usually, to be honest, um, really uncomfortable. <laughs> and and this I can is, imagine that. And part of the problem is that I'm you know. This is we are at relatively speaking, we are really at the beginning of this this endeavor to say, okay, enough is enough. We cannot the stats. It's like one in five women, college age women, will be sexually assaulted. Okay, so when the stats are that high, so we are finally starting to make the leap out of our comfort zone and saying, okay, Anaya, like. Ideally, in the in the last few years, we've been dealing with this at the college level, which feels so much safer because they're like adults and they, we can talk about sex with them. Talking to a, a group of high school kids is already pushing the envelope a little bit because there are going to be parents that are like, you're bringing in somebody to talk to my kid about saying, sex. Though, if you don't have these conversations, then that's how the number doesn't change in college. Absolutely. So I, I think that it's, it's really important um, to, you know, when I'm talking to high school kids, they're a little squirmy. The boys are a little squirmy. Um, it's even better. And we all have a lot less squirmers in the, in the audience, especially the boys, because they're seeing, I talk to them about real life incidents and because it's so frequently the boys or the males that are the perpetrators, I understand that they're going, but that's not me. That's not me. And, and instead of taking in all the information, ideally what we want to do is we want to start having these as parents, we want to start having these conversations when they're kids, so they're not so squirmy. But even from a, a, in the school, in a school context, it's really important that consent and, and, and conversation around this, you know, boys will be boys, girls will be girls, you know, blah, 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 that we start doing it really in middle school in a sexual context. So from the time day one, just general consent, bodily autonomy, but I want to encourage parents to really start to become aware of their own programming with these boy boxes and, 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 and girl boxes, but then realize that your kid's sexual development is, is happening in earnest in middle school. And the more 
um, the more time, the more lead time as that child's sexual identity and guidelines for how to behave as a sexual being are being formed, the better that by the time they get to college where currently the stats are the highest, they will be equipped to navigate the landmines that they're going to face. Yeah. One of the things you said that stuck down, I just wrote this down, was when a, when a young boy's like, that's not me, that's not me. And at that point, the first thought that went through my mind is, hey, it might not be you, but it might be your bro. Yep. And your gig now is to shut that down. That's right. Coming from, from exactly from your angle. so that you are not an accomplice. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Or to, not even to an accomplice, really... but but spread the knowledge. Yes. Yes. Well, we, and we call it being an upstanding bystander is the is the word the verbiage that I use when I do these presentations is really encouraging kids because what we know from the research is that most teens will say honestly I don't know that I would know what to do if I either knew that somebody had been been sexually assaulted or you know that scares me though. yeah or or that I I saw my friends you know getting ready to you know this crazy incidents yeah. of like three boys taking a you know fifteen year old girl upstairs like those kinds of things kids have to be encouraged to be upstanding bystanders that if they maybe not an accomplice but that, but that they have home? a hand doesn't in allowing it to happen okay, so then this is going to this is going to go the next thing i wrote down mm -hmm. was i can tell you as a dad the conversations you're talking about with sex with mm -hmm. your children are tough conversations i yes. can talk about anything but the first time that you start talking about sex is early as where do babies come from? How do babies get made? Did you and mom ever do that? Mm -hmm. Wait until you get that mm -hmm. one thrown at you, mom and dad. Did <laughs> you and mom up. and dad do that? And then wait until wait until your son or daughter see stuff on the internet and ask you straight up, have you done that? Have you done that? And you and you're sitting there. I can tell you right now, the only way that I've ever gotten through anything in my entire life is practice. And yeah. I and I just knew early on. I'm going to start these really awkward conversations when they're little and just kind of like going into band rehearsal. I'm going to start with learning how to play this Ramones jam because it's so simple, but it's still not that good at it. So that when they come at me with the last night, this happened, or I saw this, have you and mom done that? Hey, how would I do that? What does that feel like? Where do you go to get the, uh, mm -hmm. all these different things coming at you that I am good at my instrument of talking about these topics nice. with my son or daughter. And I can tell you right now, for everyone that's listening right now, that was the best decision I made because with two teenagers right now, if I had, I wish we had a recording sometimes of the topics that we're talking about, but I would also love, and you know this, Anaya, and any parent listening, the timing of when these conversations come out. I'll tell you right now, they are never the 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 moment you think it's going to happen. Like, oh, we're on the road trip on the five heading up north, yeah. and we're going to talk about how babies are made and people are made. Yeah. It's never that. You know what it is? Yeah. It's bottom of the seventh inning, yeah. tie score, Giants, yes. Dodgers. I'm like, and Dude. out of left field, you get smacked upside oh the head God. with a question that you have no idea how None. to answer. Yeah, and you're like, really? We're gonna talk. Like, we're gonna talk yeah. about this right now. Okay. And let me just say that, but you, no matter what, no matter when it comes, let me just say, 
it is essential that you step up and you have the conversation, as difficult as it is. And then the analogy that I use when I'm speaking to parents is I say, the day your kid turns 16 and he or she could start driving a car, there's no way in heck that you ever would have been like, here are the keys. Hope you don't kill yourself or someone else. Our children cannot navigate out in the world, creating healthy relationships, having healthy, safe sexual interactions, if we do not give them any guidelines for how to do that. Anaya Bogue, nailing it. Loved it. Thank Great you. episode. Yes. Important episode. So important. I would love, I mean, and on that, you know, this is a this is a topic, even when I speak that, I mean, the, the questions, we always have to cut the Q&A section short because it just pushes a lot of buttons and parents just feel so desperate that they don't want their children to be one of those victims or perpetrators for that matter. You know, regist- you, you don't want your 17-year-old boy to become a registered sex offender for the next 20 years of, your, of their lives. And it does happen even though they're juveniles. Um, so there's a lot of incentive. And I would encourage you, if you want to send us an email to radparenting at gmail.com with any questions on this subject, I will do my very best to try to respond. And it may even just mean that we have to do more shows if we can kind of get, you know, similar questions um, as, as a result of, of this show. I am really committed to, to helping and supporting people through this um, well, particular I, the, the best thing about doing this show is, you know, a lot of times we'll have, we'll have different topics all the time, whether it's like sleep training or, or nursing. And then sometimes we'll, we'll go into a topic like this that is, is serious. And also, like I said earlier, I feel that it's being talked about more in, amongst parents and amongst the parenting community that I'm a part of, that you're a part of, and we can't change anything unless we talk about it. And as we said, talking about sex is awkward enough, so even having these shows like this, sometimes you got to throw it out there so that uh, the future can be changed. That's what I really believe. Yep. Anaya, thank you so much. Keep the emails coming. Anaya mentioned the email, radparenting at gmail.com. You can always send a text to parenting, the word parenting, to 31 31 31 and we'll keep you in touch with what we're doing and like i said at the beginning of the episode let us know what city you're in because we're ready to maybe go out on the road and do a live show that'd be super super fun all right we're out of here my name is joseph and anaya bogue late late